Jessica Poche, and today we are actually going to do sort of a part two on Samson's life. Okay, so if you watched the last video, we're going to learn that Samson was dealing with some things. But the point of that video really was to, of course, observe ourselves and be mindful of the things that we have experienced, the traumas and different things like that, and make sure we don't carry that baggage into other relationships. We want to make sure that as we are going through pain, as we are going through grief, we are giving that over to the Lord because when we don't, then we connect other toxic relationships and we even, even through doing ministry, may self-sacrifice our own life. And so we just want to be careful. We want to be mindful. We, we don't want to judge Samson in the wrong way, but we do want to monitor and realize that your boy was going through a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> he was experiencing a lot, just like all of us are experiencing a lot. And there's always more beneath the surface than what we see. It's easy to judge what's above, but we have to understand what is below before we can really understand what's above. Amen. Amen. So today is the beginning of Samson's life, which I am excited about. And that is going to be found in Judges chapter 13. So I'm going to read it real quick. It says, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the land of the Philistines for 40 years. Now notice that the oppression that Israel was going through was not because of racism. It wasn't because of all this other stuff. It was because they had walked away from the Lord. I'm going to just boom, say loud on that. The way that they were under oppression was as a direct result of disobeying God. And that is why, because they walked away from God, yeah, oh, that's so good. Ah, that's so good. That's so good. Because they walked away from God, they walked into bondage. Did y'all hear me? <laughs> that was funny because that's my mom out there and she didn't hear nothing. But anyway, because they walked away from God, they walked into bondage. The result of their affliction came from them not walking right with the Lord. And so when you read the Old Testament, you're going to see like the Israelites go through this phase where they walk away from God and then they fall into all kinds of mess. They get consequences for their actions, right? Because when you don't choose God, you're saying, I don't want you in my life. The enemy's like, I'm waiting. I can't wait to have you. Yes, come over here and is ready for you with some stuff. So you'll see that, but you'll also see the moment they cry out to the Lord, the moment they say, okay, Jesus, like, I apologize. I repent. God comes and he sends like he did with Samson and the different judges in the Old Testament. He sends a deliverer. He sends someone to attend to their needs, to break them out of that bondage. And that's what we see here. So um, the people of Israel, again, they did what was evil. So because of that, they were handed over to the Philistines for 40 years. Verse two, there was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. <laughs> 
And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eating nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head for... The child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Now, if you want information about what a Nazarite is, you'll go to number six. And if you watched again, the last video, if you haven't, just go watch it real quick. But you will see that Samson is on his way to get this girl that he wasn't supposed to have anyway. And he had killed a lion and he goes to this lion and eats honey out of it. Right. And we were talking about, be careful where you find satisfaction in the things that are dead. If you read number six, you will see that part of the Nazarite vow was not to even come near anything that was dead. So he was in violation even in that. Alrighty. Okay. So, but you can um, read more of that in number six, but going back to verse five, it says, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Verse six, then the woman came and told her husband. I'm going to lie. That's something Eve should have did, right? Like, hey, boo, a snake is talking to me. Come over here and tell me what you think. Like, should have ran there. But anyway, I love this chapter. I love the marital relationship, the communication between the two and what takes place. So let's pay attention to that. Again, verse six, it says, then the woman came and told her husband, a man of God came to me and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from and he did not tell me his name, but he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. What does the husband do? Woo, we're about to say. Verse eight, then Manoah prayed to the Lord. Ah, his wife comes to him with information from the Lord. And then he goes and seeks the Lord as well. That's so healthy. He prayed to the Lord and said, oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. Manoah doesn't leave it up to the mom to figure out what to do. He goes and seeks the Lord and says, okay, let's get clarity. How do we take care of this child? Who is this? What, what are we supposed to do? Verse nine, and God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again to the woman and she sat in the field as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Verse 12. And Manoah said, now when your words come true, so he had faith. What is to be the child's manner of life? Oh, and this is so powerful. Dads, 
Daz, you, oh, you matter. You are important. You are valuable and you are necessary. And it is through you that the children get our identity. We get our identity from you. So it is very important, like Manoah, that he goes and seeks God. He asks for another encounter. He has faith to believe that God is going to do it. And then he not only comes and says, when your words come true, but he says, what is to be the child's manner of life? How is this child supposed to live? And what is his mission? Y'all, we could drop the mic right there. He asks, what is his manner of life? And what is the mission? The child is not even born yet. <laughs> this is just dealing with the promise of the word given. The child is not even born yet. But there is still seeking ahead of time concerning this life that was promised. This life in the womb. 13. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. Ladies, be careful. He's saying, let her be careful. Because what's in the womb, that precious child, that baby, even the one to be conceived, that baby in the womb matters. That baby in the womb has purpose. That baby in the womb is important. That baby in the womb needs to be guarded, needs to be covered, needs to be governed. That baby in the womb, the way you treat the baby in the womb matters inside the womb and out. So the angel of the Lord says to her, be careful she may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. That is so powerful. To me, the one of the most beautiful things in this is, first of all, she was barren. She could not have children. And God approaches her, but she doesn't just leave this information to her alone. She goes and shares with her husband. I love their communication in this passage. So God is speaking to her and he's like, okay, but he doesn't just leave it up to her. He's like, bet I'm going to go seek the Lord too. And he requests another visitation for clarification to get a true understanding that he is able to participate in this vision that God has given. I'm sure it was also to be even accountable, right? Because she can go and just say, oh, God said this. But when God comes back and to confirm it to both of them now, now you got two people with a vision. Now you have two people who are standing for this unborn child. That is why a husband and a wife matter when it comes to raising a child, both have instructions, both have different ways of even doing things. We see that here. Manoah was like, oh, can I get a second visitation and sought the Lord? And I just love that so much. I'm going to say it again in verse 12, how he says, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? I don't have babies yet. But I'm so excited for the day I do. But I have been preparing for them emotionally, physically, spiritually for quite some time now. Quite some time now. 
And my thing is, whether you have born children, it's not too late, whether you have children in the womb, or even if you just desire to be a mom and you desire to be a dad, I encourage you to go before the Lord and ask, who are my babies? Who are my children going to be? How do I prepare for them? Check this out. How do I prepare my body for them? I actually, one of the prayers, I don't, I don't share this often. I don't think I ever shared this. But one of the prayers that I pray is over my womb. And I say, God, my womb is like the safest place. This is the first place of my unborn child. This is where they're going to be. So thank you for preparing my womb to receive them. Give me everything necessary. I mean, I mean, we got, I know I got what's necessary, but you know what I'm saying? Like just the conditioning, whether it means I need to go exercise a certain way, whether I need to eat a certain way, whatever it is I need to do, but prepare my womb specifically for each child that they have a safe, beautiful, loving, prepared environment as they are growing which also is important why we should encourage and speak to and sing over our unborn children. No one says we can't pray for generations to come. And so I encourage you again, dads and moms, I just encourage you to be on one accord, to seek God's face as you are bringing forth this life into the world. And before they get here, and even if they're here already, begin to ask God, who is this child? Who are they? What are they here for? What is their mission of life? Is this going to be a businessman or a musician? What kind of colleges should I be preparing for? Or should I have in the back of my mind? God began to orchestrate the type of lessons they need to have. Is it vocal training? As it economics, <laughs> what do I need to prepare in the home to build this coming child up? How do I teach them appropriately? What do I need to do? Prepare my mind, prepare my patience, prepare my patience, prepare my patience, prepare my mind, prepare my patience, prepare my heart to serve this unborn child through all phases of their life. So whether they are newborn infants or teenagers or young adults or way older in their prime years, God show me how to parent even in these different phases, prepare me, teach me, grow me, even in these segments. Whew, that actually reminds me of my life class. If y'all missed that, y'all, there's going to be more. We're going to have them once a month but we do life vo life vision boards because there is not just like a temporary goal to accomplish. It is a staple for this is how I am going to live my life. These are non-negotiables. What I am putting on here, this is who I desire to become. So even this is like Manoa creating a life board for Samson before he's born. He's like, who is he and how do we take care of him appropriately? What's his mission? That's so good. And why does this matter? What is the whole purpose of all of this? Why should we even go to God and begin to ask about our unborn child? Our, 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 our babies who are growing in our bellies. 
okay, your belly's yet. Mine's not yet, but <laughs> babies who are growing in the womb and even those being birthed right now, why, what name of God fits here? There's so many, but this is the one we want to highlight. El Kaye, the living God. When we say El Kaye, this is the same word, Kaye, living, that is spoken when God creates Adam and breathes the breath of life into Adam. In that moment, Adam became a living being. El Kaye, because he is the living God, he is able to breathe in what is inanimate. He is able to breathe in what is dry with no movement and create life. That is the blessing of us ladies with our wombs. As we are having our time of conception, it's the Lord's breath who blows and creates this beautiful life inside of us. This is also a name that is spoken by Jeremiah and it's in Jeremiah 10, 10. And you'll see this name in different places, but these are just the two I'm going to highlight. Jeremiah 10, 10. The context of this is <laughs> Jeremiah 10 is talking about idols. Like how you go get a tree branch, you cut it off, you form it and you worship it and then say, you're my God, but you ain't got no breath. So it's like a contrast between idol worship, <laughs> making things of our own and then calling it God and then having the true living God. And that's where we get the living God from El Kaye from here. And it says, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting King at his wrath. The earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. I'm going to say that again. The Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting King at his wrath. The earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. That's a bad God. <laughs> God is no joke. He is the living God. He is the present God. He is present in the womb. He is present on earth till it actually not even just that till when we, when we, um, our last breath on this side of heaven is breathed. Sure. And then when we go to heaven, he is there, right? He is the all knowing, all powerful living God. But what's beautiful about El Kaye is the fact that he's present. He's interested. You see how Manoah went and was like, can I, can I see you again, please? He didn't say, oh, no, no, one, one's enough. One's enough. I already gave instructions. Listen to your wife and bye. No, he came to him a second time to speak to him what he needed to hear to walk this thing out. He's present. He cares. We're important to him. He hears us. And he wants us to come to him with the things that seem insignificant and with the things that just feels like a whole mountain is just smashing our pinky toe, right? And it's just like, ah, 
can't move and I can't do nothing. I don't know what to do. He wants us to come to him with everything that we are dealing with and to also come to him with our children, with our babies, and seek his guidance and direction on the life that he entrusted to us. And I encourage, I have worked with so many different types of families, um, some who are co-parenting together, you know, some who are um, divorced or have not been married yet. Like, I, I get it, but let me tell you, husband, wife, you are necessary. You are needed for this child. And not growing up with my dad, I can tell you how much, dad, you are needed, how much you are valued, how much you are missed when you are not there, and how much we desire and long for that relationship. And so I encourage you, don't give up on your child. Don't give up on your responsibility of being a father, even if you're not the best, even if you had no example, even if you're like, no, whatever, they're going to hate me, whatever, go to the Lord and begin to ask him, I would like to be a better dad. May you help me, please. Moms, go to the Lord concerning your children. When you hear a word from the Lord, share it. If it's a safe place, because some, some are toxic relationships, you can't share certain things, but share it with your husband seek the lord together right if it's your baby daddy involve him tell them like hey let's pray for our child this is what i'm praying can you join me in praying these specific things just to come on one accord on the same page on behalf of this child it's very important and god cares about you guys and he cares about this child and so remember that it is the living god that ignites life in the womb he is personal he is available and he is alive and so i dare you i double dog dare you i triple dog dare you two yeah that's one two to begin to ask about the mission of your unborn child Maybe that would be like, instant, no debates, none of that mess that's out there. Just, Lord, what is your mission for this womb of mine? What is your mission for this unborn child? And how you should manage this pregnancy during this time. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, over those who have children, those who have yet to have children, and those who are barren and who think that they are not going to have children, but you have a plan for them because you hear their heart's desire. I thank you, Lord God, for you shifting and for you moving. I thank you for a heart posture of a mom connected to her womb, of dads connected to their unborn children and their children, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for you building the family dynamic according to your will, that lives will begin to be healed and changed and transformed because we will begin to come to you and seek your face on behalf of the generations to come. Lord, we thank you, Father, that we will let go of toxicity. We will let go of the pain of the bitterness. We will let go of unforgiveness. We will let go of every hindrance, even lies of the enemy, yokes of bondage, things that we have tailored ourselves to that are not good. 
Lord God, forgive us for that and bless us to deal with it, that we don't pass these traits over to our next generation. We break generational curses starting with us. We surrender our lives to you, God. I pray, Lord, over men. I thank you, God, for you raising them up in confidence of knowing who they are. They are your first creation. They are loved by you, Father. And I thank you that they will see and know that. When they wanted, when you wanted to build, the first thing you did was created them. And it wasn't to stomp on a woman. It wasn't to backlash or anything like that. It was to cover, to protect, and to walk in the authority and dominion of the Lord. And even to connect relationally with his wife, God, that they both are able to tread upon serpents and walk in wisdom and authority on this earth. God, I thank you that you would just remind your men of who they are, re-sparking them, who they are, breathe the breath of life in them where the world has torn them down. Even their own mistakes, God, have torn them down. I thank you that you will rebuild, reposition, heal, and make whole. Father, I pray for my sisters, my sisters who are broken, who are tired, who are exhausted, whether they be, whether they be a single mom, whether they desire marriage, whether they have lost a child. God, I thank you that you would just speak to the mommy wounds. Speak, Lord God life into her womb and let her know that she can carry god i thank you for miracle signs and wonders in her womb that her heart would not be troubled and even lord as she is going through this child growing however this child came in i thank you that you will meet her exactly where she is and that she will be honest before you concerning whatever this is is going on in her belly <laughs> this life that she will surrender it unto you. Lord, we thank you for you doing a new thing. We thank you for transformation and healing and for your grace. Forgive us for our sins, Lord God. And may this mark newness within families, within generational um, health and wealth spiritually. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all. El Kaye. He is the living God. And he is waiting for you. All right. See you in a couple of weeks.